Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. Habs Unfiltered is featured on The Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio. This podcast brings you honest and in-depth hockey discussion and entertainment. Our hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Pudvay, are proud to be one of your trusted sources for Habs and hockey news. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 169. I'm your host, Blaine Putvay, and I'm joined now by my co-host, Trig Wilson. Toodles. Uh, Matt Smith is unavailable to us today, as he is apparently working again as a member of the Royal Canadian Air Force. I thought he was doing a strip show there to promote his OnlyFans page. Half dozen of one, six of another. Mm. It's all the same. Pretty much. Maybe he's just doing a half stripped down version where he sprays himself down and does videos of himself playing volleyball. I'm sure many people would pay for that. With just jeans on. Just jeans. Oh, and his dog tags have to be showing. Oh, for sure. That's a must. Ours are different though. Ours are different. Ours are the big square instead of the two dangly things. Yeah. Which makes it easier. You You put one half in. Jam there's there's a reason why it's designed the way it is let's put it that way not to be morbid but that's the job yeah but anyway we wish matt was here he uh he brings a little bit of levity and uh honestly he's the looks and he's more adult than we are it's true yeah he is yeah so Let's just get into the more depressing aspects of the show, which is pretty much all of it. Um, Canadians are down 0-3 in the final, which really, really sucks. You know, it just means uh, your prediction's going to come true. My prediction? Yeah, you said they'd win in seven. No, I said six. Oh, never mind then. <laughs> yeah, we're all screwed. We are all screwed. Okay, I, I thought we. I thought Matt and I picked six, and you picked seven. That's what I thought. No, no, that was last series. All right. Well, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Way to pay attention, man. Thought I meant more to you. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Speaking of meaning, uh, the last episode you weren't here. So why don't you tell our listeners what, what kept you? Oh, I, uh, you might've seen this on Twitter and now I can release it out to everyone else because the, the secret is out to the wife. I got a new uh, puppy. I got a French bulldog puppy, a female named Suzuki. Excellent name. Mother Nick Suzuki approved. Um, and uh, we call her Susie or Zooks. Um, Zooks works. Yeah. That's his nickname too. So give her. Yeah. So the, I use Zooks. Everyone else uses Susie, but. Uh, so yeah, French Bulldog. I put pictures already on Twitter and stuff like that. So maybe I'll throw them on the Haves Unfiltered webpage or something, and people can Give see her. it. And yeah, so I got an eight weeks old, little tiny little thing. So it's I'm literally on. tiny. It's literally like this big. Yeah. I thought it was bigger, but it's not. <laughs> Saw the pictures on the uh, the Hockey Writer Slack channel. Yes, yes. Which I didn't know we had a a, a pets one. Right. If I, I would have known. Now I gotta. Now I gotta put my thirteen year old on there, Kaylee who's always with me. She's actually lying right here. She's in this room for every recording. Um, and my cat, who's just an asshole, but I'll put my cat on. You don't have to say the same thing twice. She's like you, Blaine. She's an asshole, but we still kind of like her. I'm more of a dick. You are what you eat. It happens. <laughs> Build a thousand bridges. <laughs> you are a P1, so you had to do something. <laughs> my knees hurt a lot. Let's put it that way. Uh, see, this is why we need Matt. We're so not talking about what we're supposed to be talking about. All right. So to hockey, uh, the Canadians are down three, nothing, <clears throat> but they're in the Stanley cup final and the series is not over. So we can, instead of breaking down all the crap that they did wrong, we only have a few minutes for a show anyway. So let's go to what we're going to see for game four in Montreal. Um, today, which is the 4th of July, which happy 4th of July to our American friends and family, by the way, Merga, Merga, make sure to not hold on to the fireworks when you're launching them. We want to make sure you keep all the fingers you had prior to today. And eagles do not make good pets. No, no, they, they tend, they tend to scratch at you a lot. And you're welcome for all your eagles, by the way. Which come from here. They came from here. Um, So the Canadians uh, had practice today. And at practice today, Ducharme had three different waves for the power play. And that's all they worked on was power play time. They they clearly see the power play as being the thing they need in game four. So do you feel that that is correct? Did he waste his practice or... Did he work on something you felt that will make a difference? Uh, that's uh, <laughs> considering the fact they're only getting one or two power plays a game. I mean, they had one last game, one power play. Yeah. The game before they had, well, the game before they had the four, but they had the um, actually only had three the game before. But they had the double minor. And I think the game before that they had two. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I think they kind of wasted. Like, if you go back to the game two and when they had the four on three, the issue was the fact of the player personnel they put out. It wasn't so much the power play was bad. 
It was the fact that you had Gustafson and Weber out there with Suzuki and Toffoli when you should have had Gustafson and Caulfield. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not a Gustafson fan, but at least on a power play, he's useful. He wasn't on the the top not two today. waves in today's practice. No, and, and I'll, I'll get to yeah. that later. But so to me, if you're averaging under three power plays a game, pretty much two a game, why are you so worried about your power play? Considering you're allowing pretty much four plus goals a game against. I mean, personally, I would have had them working on uh, zone entries and zone exits. Yeah, That would have been my thing. But I can understand choosing the power play because if they can get an early power play and they have it in order, they if they score on that power play, that would make a bigger difference. So I can understand why. I just, it would not have been my first choice. Not for the whole practice though. No. I don't think I would have done it for the whole practice. I think I would have said, or I would have done stuff like, we're taking the power play unit and we're working on this. Everyone else, you're going to work on this. Because basically, apparently, from what John Lou saying, everyone else just stood around and took shots at goalies. Yeah. Like it wasn't even really, it was like a half a practice. So whoever wasn't on the power play unit just, you know, I mean, the PK is good. Uh, I'm, Tampa has scored a couple goals, but Tampa is the best power play. Yeah, but it's scored going. way less than it's, it's, uh, exactly. It's I mean, Brayden Point only has one point in this entire series, if you really yeah. want to break it down. But, uh, um, Ah, you know what? I questioned Dusarm a lot. I did. I'm. I'm I won't question him in the playoffs because so far everything he's done has worked. Um, till last game, but uh, so we'll see. We'll see. I, I I could be totally wrong. I mean, I I, I do believe Montreal is going to not get swept. Um, yeah, we'll get to that part. Um, but for this practice, I kind of see it. What I see him trying to do here is not only work on the power play, but to give the guys almost an optional, an optional skate, mm. um, give them a little bit more rest. Um, that could be what they needed. I mean, he's he's in the room. He talks to them mm. every day. He he sees what you know their level of fatigue, their level of energy. Maybe the majority of them needed just a quick little skate to shake the legs out, and that was it. Um, maybe the power I mean, pl- I'm sure they're beat up, you yeah. know, Gallagher's beat up, Weber's beat up, <laughs> Petrie's beat up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the power play definitely needs work and it, it's not necessarily the power play itself. I go back to zone entries and zone exits again. That's what needs work. Only if they had Mete. <laughs> but Gustafson's, Hey, Gustafson's advanced stats numbers dwarf his. Small sample size. Well, Mete only, is kind of tiny. It's only like 20 games or something. <laughs> advanced stats or advanced stats. If you're going to use them to defend Mete, you got to use them to defend Gustafson. Considering Mete only played like less than 20 games, I think, this season. or I don't know what he played in Ottawa. But... Just like to point out that only one player demanded a trade. And the other one's name is Gustafson. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not defending Gustafson because neither one of us are big Gustafson fans. But... <laughs> and... That's what I'm going to get to now. We're going to transition right. to changes. What changes do we feel they should make and what we expect from them? So personally, myself, I would drop Gustafson like a like a ton of bricks. 
and bring in Romanov. Cause I think Romanov brings more to the table when they're not on the power play and they're rarely on the power play. Uh, the changes I would make are I'd bring Romanov in and Kulak. I drop Marilyn uh, Gustafson. 100% um, with you on that. Uh, if you're not, you're not going to use Gustafson on the power play. Why is he even there? Like his yeah. whole point of being there is to be on the power play. I suspect no changes are going to make. I, I, no, I don't I, think he's, they're going to change anything. I don't expect a single change whatsoever from the lineup. Um, a lot of people are asking for Tatar and uh, Tatar's not a playoff. Tatar disappears in the playoffs and you can argue, well, Anderson has the same amount of points. Anderson does a lot more on the ice than Tatar does in the playoffs. He actually does things defensively. He does things on the four check. Yeah. He's noticeable. Uh, he board battles in front of the net battles. Tatar in the playoffs, for some reason, I don't know why, and I'm not taking anything from Tatar, great regular season player. Perfect candidate for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's great in the regular season, <laughs> disappears in the playoffs. Well, they're going to have a chance to get him because Montreal I suspect is not he's going to get. Yeah, I, I suspect he's going to sign in Toronto to boost that regular season offense. For league minimum, um, of course. Uh, and there's a reason that Vegas – sat them for most of their playoff runs when they went to the finals there uh, two years ago. Um, and that's after they picked him up for a first, a second and a third. So they didn't take that lightly. No. And uh, it's because he's one of those players that just cannot play in a tight checking, grinding playoff type hockey game. You just can't. Yeah. And that's fine. And, and back to the defense with your, your choice to go with Kulak over Merrill. I would be I would be for that as well, but at least with Merrill, by keeping him in, at least Merrill does something. At five on five, you know he he brings something. I I mean it's nothing really against Merrill. I just think Kulak. What do you got to lose? You put Kulak in there. Kulak and Romanov play well together. Uh, yeah. You could actually put that third line out and not worry about having to match them up with one of the top four. So you could probably give the top four. I doubt he would do that, but I'm just saying. You but could it would do it that. would it would help a little bit on the uh, on the line matchups because then you can yeah. have your two of your top four, as opposed to a top four and one of the the bottom pair guys. Correct. Yeah, and and, and Romanov and Kulak together bring offense to the game as well. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and Kulak's they both can transition that puck out of the zone and into the other zone. Um, I. Again, I mean, we're saying this is what should be done, and I highly suspect nothing's going to happen, going to change. No. no. Um, I always and said through the playoffs, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Now it's broke, so I think we have to fix it. Um, is it broke, though? I mean, is it broken, or are they just up against a team that has too many weapons, and their GM did such a wonderful job? And and I'm not throwing, I'm not throwing arrows. I'm not... Uh, uh, I'm not crapping on Tampa, but Brisbane did an amazing job managing the cap and found a way to keep his cup winning team together with the exception of two minor pieces and added larger pieces to his, his lineup prior to the playoffs. I, I mean, think it's column A, column B. So yeah, yeah. I Game think it's two more- showed to me that Montreal can... Keep up. Keep up. 
Uh, the bounces didn't go their way that game. That was a game they should have won, and it just didn't happen. Um, that was the turning point in the series for me. But yeah. back to the lineups. Um, I do feel that it's it's not necessarily broken. I just feel that Tampa has the experience. They have the lineup. They have just that little bit extra where they can take advantage. So I can understand not making changes to a point, but when you are losing, even if you feel like there's nothing going really wrong, a shakeup is still needed. And the third pairing is the perfect place to make it. I, I mean, I, I just truly believe it gets, goes back to if Gustin's not playing on the power play, what's the point Gustin being out there? Yeah. Yeah. Really? That's why he was picked up. can do exactly what Gustin does five on five. Uh, and, and then some, and he can play PK. Yeah. If one of the bigger guys need, needs a, needs a rest or one's in the penalty box. So he can also fill in on the power play if they need an extra could, guy. Yeah. So if he's not, Gustin's not on the power play, there is no, absolutely no point. You might as well give Romanov another game. Might as well give him his third playoff game. Hell, he could do something. He, he could spark the team. It could do whatever. Um, now the, the reason they're not coming in Tatar, Gustafs, uh, Tatar, Romanov, and uh, and Kulak. I feel it's because they trust more in what they've seen from the current lineup. They there's going to be they know that there's consistency issues, but they know where the inconsistencies happen, so it's more predictable. And Ducharme and it, and wants that, and it's more manageable. He feels it's more manageable. Yeah. He knows Gustin's going to play five minutes unless there's more power plays yeah. or unless they're behind. Yeah. Cause I noticed in game three that they Gus hasn't got more ice time when they got behind, yeah. which made sense because he's an offensive defenseman. It made sense. Yeah. Damn the torpedoes go for yeah. it. I mean, Julian wouldn't have done that. Julian would have sat him for the rest of the game and played defensively to try to protect the one down by two goals. Um yeah. <laughs> Which does which does point out slight differences between the coaches. Yes, um, slight, slight. Um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, there's going to be a big. I I, I kind of I don't think it matters if they change the lineup. I think Tampa is just, Tampa is a strong team. Yes, they're actually stronger than I thought they were. To be honest with you. Like I didn't think Montreal would have this hard of a time with Tampa. No, uh, you know, honestly, on... I'm with you on that. I, I, after watching the Islanders series, Same I here. thought the Mont- Canadians had what they needed. But kudos to Cooper because the, the adjustments that he made between Game 7 against the Islanders and Game 1 with the Canadians, knowing the Canadians play the same way, the adjustments he made were, whew, they were outstanding. And, and I think Montreal's a bit of a disadvantage, and this is nothing against Richardson. Uh, Cooper outcoached Richardson in the first two games. Like, yes, yeah, destroyed him in the coaching department. Uh, He's got and that makes sense. Coop, for it. Cooper's a veteran NHL coach who has a yeah. Stanley Cup ring, and Richardson yeah. is a veteran AHL head coach and assistant coach. So, uh, and again, it's nothing against Richardson. I thought he did the best he could do. I thought the team was great in game two. I mean, yeah. we're getting away from the lineups, but uh, going back we'll to back Cooper. To uh, going back to the Cooper, he's just, I mean, a lot of people think he's arrogant and whatever. I personally like Cooper. 
I think he's a good co- head coach. I mean, um, you're an NHL coach for a reason. There's going to be some arrogance. Yeah. There's going to be some confidence. He's going to have ego. You don't get to that point if you're not a little bit arrogant and have a little bit of an ego. I mean, look at Patrick Wall. He's one of the most arrogant hockey players in the NHL when he played. So, and if oh, you he's have arrogant, the... he's arrogant in his skip the dishes commercials. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and I mean, if you have the stats and the and the cup rings and everything to back it up, yep. Who can argue? Um, but back to the lineups. Yeah, I don't see any changes. I don't see any no. changes. The changes I want are Kulak and Romanov. I don't think Tatar is the answer. He's not going to add any more scoring for your team that everyone thinks he's going to add. Um, and then who do you take out? Lekin and Byron. I wouldn't take. I wouldn't sacrifice those guys for Tatar. I, not not against Tampa. Uh, who is a big, rugged, rough-style team. Um, so for me, if I was coaching, Kulak and Romanov would be in. I don't expect any changes. No. And uh, really, that's Now, that's if I were to make a change without changing personnel, uh, I could look up front and say perhaps moving Anderson up to Suzuki's line in the Toffoli spot. So on the left wing, that way Anderson's playing on his off wing and the way he plays within crashing the net, he would have a better chance of getting a shot off it with more of the net open to him when he's going, cutting into the net. So when you're cutting in on your strong side, it's your, the pucks outside. It's you're, you're basically aiming short side, but if you're playing on your off wing, you have the entire net. So if he's playing in these off wing coming in the way he does, and he has experience playing with Suzuki. That could be a, a difference maker. That could be something that changes the look of the lines. And Toffoli has the experience playing with Kotkaniemi. So you can, you just make a, a straight switch. And that goes, that puts Toffoli back on a strong side again, where he is, he's more comfortable and he's got experience with Kotkaniemi. So that could I, be something no, they could do. I got no issue with that either. That's, that's uh, Anderson will open up some ice for Caulfield and Suzuki too. Um, oh, yeah. With his size and going to the net, and you have a big body in front of that. I mean, in this entire series, Montreal really has no one going to the net. No, no. You know Nobody. what they need to do pregame? Play a little bit of came in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> came in like a wrecking ball. I mean, ball. we can say that Vasilevsky's is playing price, but Vasilevsky's never really had, he hasn't had too many tough saves to make. No, it, it helps that there, his defense in front of him, those six defenders, um, cleared the puck. As soon as he makes that save, the puck is cleared. There's, it, they're all one and done. He's getting a clear sight on the puck. Yep. And the goals he has let in haven't been great goals. Perry's goal is nice. But uh, the goals he has let in haven't been really all that great goals. Like everyone's going on that Carey's let bad goals in. Well, Vasilevsky, almost every goal that scored on him wasn't a good goal. Really, and his his save percentage is much higher than Carey Price's because the shots he's facing are easier to stop. They're all from outside. Prices are all from closer in, and yes, Carey Price is not playing up to what he had in the first couple of rounds. Neither's the defense. At what point do we do we? He gets some blame, sure, but so does the rest of the team. Should get. Uh, get crapped on too for three rounds it was silence you know before the playoffs started it was oh we got to get rid of carry price get him to wave so he can go to seattle silence for three rounds and all of a sudden that same narrative is coming back 
Well, I mean, Habs fans are, what have you done for me now? Yeah. Like, what are you doing for me right now? If you're not doing anything for me right now, I don't want you. I mean, We're what the, the hell do they expect? Another another thing I, I get out of Habs Twitter and Habs Facebook, Facebook mostly, is... Uh, <laughs> they don't read articles? Yeah, that. They read the headline. Uh, is the fact that they're... Carey Price is the greatest goalie ever because he's winning. Oh, he's not winning anymore. He's crap. Yeah, pick one side of the road or the other. Like, you either don't like him or you like him. You know? Yeah. Like... It's the it's same not, with the GM. It, yeah, that's on Twitter too, but I won't get into that yeah. anymore. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> cause a podcast war. <laughs> <laughs> Again? <laughs> but... Uh, and it just bothers me. Like I'm, I'm a big price fan. You see the Jersey and behind me, I, I know when I, and you know me, I'm one to say, I mean, we have a lot of chats that I don't put on Twitter too. I'm pretty quick to say if I thought that was a bad goal by Harry price and, and you can vouch for that. Like I'm, I don't know. Oh, he's put it constantly Twitter. shitting on the entire team. He is a fake fan. I cannot believe the crap he puts out there. It's unreal. I will admit I've been shitting on Gallagher <laughs> the last little while, but yeah, I mean, I just don't think he's playing great. But I mean, this yeah. is not we're not not a discussion to have. I think it, he's hurt. Is it criminal? Is it criminal to think that way at times? No, I no. mean it's not. But I don't think he's a terrible player. I just don't think he's playing great right now. He's, I think he's you? still hurt. What's wrong with you? He sucks. He's horrible. But I, I, we, he didn't score, or he <laughs> let in a goal. He's he's the worst. I mean, but when it comes to Carey Price, the only reason we're in the Actually, I'm not going to say that. The only the reasons we're in the Cup Finals because of Carey Price and the defense in front of him. It's not and just some Carey timely Price. goal scoring. Um, so if you're going to put any blame on why we're where we're at today, if you want to just blame Montreal and and rule out the fact that Tampa is just a juggernaut of a team that's highly skilled. Oh no, it's definitely before. all about Montreal. It has nothing um, to do with the other team in the series whatsoever. And I mean, and I will go back and admit, I, I honestly thought Montreal had a good chance to win this series in six based on how the Islanders played Tampa. I was like, Montreal got better defense and goaltending than the Islanders do. And I think they could do this. But like you said, Cooper changed this game plan going into it and changed the whole dynamic of the series. Um, and props to them. Yeah. Um, but... If you look at most of the goals, especially in the first two games, 90% of them weren't to blame on Carey Price or blame on stupid mistakes made by the Canadians. Coleman's goal. All they had to do was hold the puck and run the run the, uh, run the the clock out. That's all they had to do. All they had to do. That Edmondson back pass. The Edmondson oh. back pass. That's, that's goals number one and three, right? Two and so, three. And in the first game, same thing. Get to the blue line, lose the puck. Tampa comes in, scores. Uh, and that's what's going to happen when you're up against a highly skilled team. They're going to score on their chances. Yeah, Montreal made mistakes. Tampa capitalized. It, it, it just, it's just what it is. So in this series, I agree. I, I was also someone who thought that Montreal had a much better chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but they adjusted. They made the changes. It. It also doesn't hurt that this is their second cup final in a row. They're third in four years. They're a good hockey team. They Mm -hmm. have experience. And you look at the Canadians and you see a team that started a retool 
just four seasons ago. And we've seen a steady progression. And then this year, a massive leap. Whoa, 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 whoa. They would never have made it into the playoffs this year if it wasn't for COVID. Really? How's the 18th team overall. They should never even been there. Okay. How's that? Oh, I don't know, but that's the logic I'm getting off Leafs Twitter. That's just. Oh, okay. So they're ignoring the fact that the bottom three teams in the Canadian division are actually higher than seven other teams that missed the playoffs. And that the Canadians being 18th has no bearing whatsoever on other divisions. And let's ignore that the Canadians were 14th the year they missed the playoffs two years ago. No, that doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. Look, the divisions were aligned the way they were aligned. The top four teams in each division made the playoffs. Canadians finished fourth. If they were such a crappy hockey team, they should have lost in the first round. If you are a fan of a team that choked so hard that they lost to a team that's so bad, just shut up. Just yeah. shut up. I mean, I get Leafs. You know what? It, 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 I get the rivalry between the two teams. And I have a lot of Leaf friends yep. on Twitter and off Twitter. They're really good guys. And we'll chirp back and forth. And it's good ribbing or whatever. But if you're a logical hockey fan, you can't sit there and go on about a team. Oh, well, you're going to get swept. Maybe. But we're still here. We're, we're not golfing. We didn't get put out in the first round. We didn't get put out in the second round. We didn't get put out in the third round. We're in the Stanley Cup Finals. The other team's also in the Stanley Cup Finals. They want to win that cup too, right? If you're someone got to win and someone got to lose. If you're an honest hockey fan, you'll admit that your team that lost in the first round didn't do what it needed to do to win, and that the other team, even though they finished well below you in the standings, did what they had to do because winning a President's Trophy doesn't mean crap. And I don't think they, they the did president's not win trophy. that. No. Winning the regular season title doesn't mean crap. Not, no. Nobody puts up banners for regular season stuff. They only put up banners for playoff success because that's where it matters. Although I wonder if Montreal is going to put up a North nope. Division. Nope. King of the North banner. Nope. They're not even going to put up a Clarence Campbell uh, Bowl banner. Only one thing goes up in Montreal. Two things. Stanley Cup banners and retired numbers. True. There's no room for anything else. Especially now. uh, It's all dusty up there. Nothing's been added in forever. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing's been put up since I retired Waugh's number. (laughs) I don't think it's... uh, Or wait, was Gila Point after Waugh? Gila Point was, uh, yeah. Yeah, so Gila Point was the last guy to have something lifted into the Raptors. So So to go off topic a little bit, I want to just kind of point out the fact that the Canadians are four years removed from that retool and they've made a cup final. This this run, even without going on to um, winning a couple of games in the finals, even if it ends up a sweep, which I don't think it will be, think the Canadians are going to get a game out of this but to end up in the finals is is the experience that a lot of these young guys need you look at just look at Tampa Bay across the way they needed to get swept in the first round they needed to lose in a final before they started to realize what they needed to win 
And I think that this playoff run, despite not bringing a Stanley Cup to Montreal, which is my expectation now, this is what the the next generation for the Canadians needed to learn. Well, you have Kotniemi, Suzuki, Caulfield, and Romanov, all 21 and under. Suzuki's going to be 22, I think, next month. But the point I'm making, as of right now, they're all 21 and under. Uh, you have Anderson, who's only 26, I think. Um, so you have uh, someone else that's 24. I can't think of who it is right now. But you have a core team of players that are 27 and under. Toffoli's 27. So you have – they're all coming back next year. They're all going to be there to play. And then now it's up to Bergevin to go, okay, this is what I have that got me to the Stanley Cup Finals. What can I do to put into this team to help us win this Stanley Cup Finals? This is where it's important to see what Bergevin does because the last time Bergevin had a team that almost went to the Stanley Cup Finals, he did absolutely nothing to build on it. Yep, and it led to the disastrous offseason of the take-it-or-leave-its and yes. losing uh, losing his Russian players, but they were older players. It was an older... And, and yeah, so the, we've got an expansion draft. We've got an entry draft. There's all kinds of things in the offseason, but... And we're going to have episodes that cover that specifically. I just wanted to end this show on, on a positive note stating that whether or not they win a Stanley Cup this year, they have done a yeoman's level of work in creating a team that I think has the, the building blocks of a team that can contend for several years. He's going with a kind of a, a Chicago style model, a team that can come in year after year and it'll need to make tweaks. It'll need to make changes, but year over year, they're going to be a threat in the playoffs. I mean, just look at Washington and St. Louis, how long it took them to. Exactly. And that's Tampa exactly Bay. what they did. How long did it take Tampa Bay to get to where they are now? So, I mean, I understand this goes back to the, what have you done for us now fans? Um, it, it, it takes time and the salary cap era to build a championship team. I'm sorry, but it does. And I'm, yep. when I mean time, I mean 10 to 15 years and to build a contending been... championship team. And it's not just draft and develop. It's how do you, uh, how do you manage your cap? Because if you're going to um, overpay several players, and this isn't a shot to any one specific team, there's several teams that do this. If you're going to overpay several players at the expense of your depth, you better hope to God that those players show up and play their best hockey in playoff time healthy. Because if anything happens and one of them isn't really clicking, that's it. You're out. Because other teams have found ways to win with depth players, especially in the earlier rounds. Once you get to the finals, that's a different story. But in the earlier rounds, upsets happen. So um, let's, let's go with what we predict will happen in game four. The Canadians are hosting game four. It's the second ever Stanley Cup final game at the Bell Centre. Do you feel that they will win that game? I do. I do feel they'll win game four. Um, I don't know after that, but uh, <laughs> I feel, yeah, I, I think the team's determined. I, think, I don't think the team's going out and just... Oh well, I think they're they're determined. I think they want to win. 
Uh, don't get me wrong. I don't think they're happy just to be there. I don't think Price is happy with his play. Gallagher's not happy with his own play. You know, Anderson's not happy with his play. Uh, I think they're going to come out. They're, they're going to do their best. They're going to do what they can. I think they're going to get the win out. They might get another win back in Tampa. I don't know, but I think they're at least going to win tomorrow night. And if they don't, they don't. I'm just happy they were there. I mean, no one expected them to get past the uh, first round, including me. I'll say that. I had the Leafs in six. Um, and here we are. We're, we're, we, we shut a lot of the critics up. Now we have new critics because apparently we're, we're, we're the Stanley Cup should have been. So Your team sucks because they made the finals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, you guys need better troops. That's all yeah. I got to say. So, but uh, yeah, I think they'll win tomorrow night. I, I have confidence they'll win tomorrow night. And uh, we'll take it back to Tampa and just take it one game at a time. Get pucks in deep, take it one game at a time. And uh, 110%. Hopefully the bounces will go our way. <laughs> That's our homage to Matt. Matt couldn't be here, <laughs> so we thought we'd throw in his, uh, his cliches. Matt couldn't be here to repeat what every hockey player says in every interview. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I do feel that the Canadians, they, uh, you don't get to the Stanley Cup final uh, the way they did without having character they have the character so i i do feel that they're going to come out and get that first goal and it's going to make all the difference in their game and they'll they'll take this game beyond that ugh, i have serious doubts because tampa i too think they're, they're too well coached they have too many weapons um, i completely underestimated uh cooper's coaching ability when i made my prediction and I'm eating my, I'm eating my words now. Yeah. So, I'm in the same boat, Blaine. I, I looked at the well, no, team on the ice. Elsewhere. What's that? You're, you're not on my boat. <laughs> Neither one of us are on a boat. Thank God. <laughs> um, I, uh, I looked at the team on the ice and I thought, you know what? Montreal plays a lot like the Islanders. The Islanders took them to the seventh game. Montreal's, I said this earlier, Montreal's yeah. better defense, better goaltending. I didn't put in the fact, the coaching factor of Cooper. And nothing against Richardson, uh, nothing against Ducharme, but it just goes to show why Tampa is the team they are and why they're where they're at. Um, and props to Steve Eiserman and Julian Brisbois for putting this team together and putting it uh, where it's at. And I just want to close out by saying you can bitch about the $18 million over the cap, but every team can do that. It's not illegal. It's not uh, wrong. Every team Every team can do it. If Montreal could have went out and put four guys on LTIR, spend all that cap, they too could be eighteen million over the salary cap. So until yep. that's changed in the rules, don't cry and whine about it because every team can do it. That's what upsets me the most is that the Canadians didn't do it. I mean, you can't can't really be upset at Breezeball for finding a loophole and driving $18 million through it. He did his job. Why couldn't Bergevin have put Gallagher and Price on LTIR when they got hurt and then went out of the trade deadline and got what? He could have got 18, he could have got $18 million worth of players. He because could he have. would have had 10 and a half and 6 million. What's, or what's Gallagher right now? Six, five, six million. No, not this year. It starts next year. It well, would have been whatever. about 14 mil. Well, you would have had 14 million plus Plus Deno or Wake plus uh, Druin on the oh Druin was after trade deadline but anyway, um, yeah. 
but there, but that right there, they have yeah. the Canadians had the opportunities to use the system to their advantage in the same ways that Tampa did. So they didn't please, I agree. Please stop complaining about them being over the cap because he followed the rules as they were laid out in the CBA and he managed his team properly. And Kucherov actually had hip surgery. So it's not like he was just, That's right. Oh, my back's really itchy. I don't think I can play this year. Uh, oh, I'm good now. Uh, it just, it just surgery. worked out for him because when he showed up, normally players take a little bit of time to ramp up after coming back, but he just stepped right onto the ice and he was exactly what he was before, which was dangerous and, as hell. And, and Kucherov, dirty and he has the bit. skill and the talent. That doesn't surprise me at all. And a kind of European in the yeah. sense that he likes to dive. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> I think we'll end it there. Uh, hopefully we have another pregame show, at least one more. I'd like to see this series go on a little bit longer. So let's all hope that the Canadians win Monday night and the, 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 home team, the hometown fans have something to go home happy with. Um, and I would like to thank all of our new listeners, <clears throat> even the ones who love trolling our, uh, <laughs> our, our podcast accounts on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. You know, we love the fact that you guys are spreading our names out there and getting us a larger audience. So keep trolling. <laughs> we don't, we really don't mind. Uh, for those who aren't trolling us and are actually interacting with us as adults, uh, you guys are the ones that make this fun. Uh, it, it, it does not matter what team you follow. We have, like Treg mentioned, we have a ton of Leaf followers who are friends of ours. Uh, other, there's several other teams, many, many, many different fan bases. We get along with everybody. If you have a sense of humor, you're our kind of people. So I want to thank you all for listening. I want to thank you for making this show what it is. And remember, when you were talking about it, so are we. Do you have a problem getting big city slams? Are you not getting the gains at the gym? Well, don't mortgage your future on rental supplements. Get Bergy Arms. Bergy Arms will get you the gains you need. Bergy Arms gets rid of all the bad attitude and builds better characters so you can get the gains you need. Get Bergy Arms. Bergy Arms. Bergy Arms. Today. Not a real project, mate. May make you trade your favorite player for a mountain man. Do not use if you're healthy, if you want it loyalty, buy a dog.
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.